You're listening to Community Radio here in East Central Illinois, 90.1 FM, WEFT Champaign, where food for thought is next. This is a song about vegetables. They keep you regular. They're real good for you. Some people don't go for prunes. I don't know. I've always found that if they... Vegetable will respond to you. Welcome to another edition of Food for Thought here in East Central Illinois. We're talking the 21st of August already. Lisa. Oh my goodness, I can't believe how fast it goes. The month has just gone by. And it has. People are flowing into town. We'd like to welcome them back to the Champaign-Urbana area and... Right. If you're a vegetarian or vegan, this might be a program you want to listen to, as we do from time to time, give suggestions about where you can get certain items and ingredients to make your vegan and vegetarian cooking a lot easier and more delicious. Yeah, we talk about local restaurants and not so local, and we talk to farmers markets and things like that. So, And if you have any suggestions for future shows, always let us know. We have a blogspot, fftradio.blogspot.com. And we have a guest today, which is really exciting. I love guests. Yay, a Yay. special guest. Yes, a special guest. And we're going to have music later on, so definitely stay tuned for the full hour. It's going to be a fun hour. It's going to be great. So today we have with us Dada Veda. Welcome. Thank you. And um, why don't we just get right into this, if it's okay with you, unless you had anything else, Mike? You oh, no, no, about? no. I'm okay. anxious to get started. I know, me too. Okay. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about... Um, who you are and where you're from and um okay um i'm a yoga and meditation teacher and um i've been practicing this form of meditation for 40 years and for the last 30 years mostly i've been out of the country teaching it in various countries such as um, all over europe and the far east and middle east and and for the last two years i've been um, back here and back in the usa and and i'm last Three years, actually, but the last two years I've been here in um, Urbana. Why Urbana-Champaign? Oh, because um, I belong to an organization called Ananda Marga, and we have a center um, in um, Urbana, which is called Ananda Lina, Cooperative um, Spiritual Community, and it's uh, in north, um, north uh, I get the directions mixed up, northeast, yep. northeast Urbana, and, and a beautiful spot there, so that's, that's why I'm here. How many people um, live out there? Um, about um, 10, 15, something like that. I can't. I and know. is this a, a new organization or is it new to Urbana? Um, no, we've been in, Urba in um, Champaign um, for a number of years, okay. uh, many years actually. Have you been located out there for a, a yeah, while? Two years. Two years, okay, okay. 
And um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so I, I teach uh, meditation and um, yoga practices also, although I, I'm not a specialized yoga asana teacher, although I teach that to people, but I'm really more focused on meditation. So I teach meditation to people, and I, I give individual instruction to people, and I also hold um, introductory classes um, on Tuesday nights, and from time to time I hold seminars for people. So if people are interested in maybe having some instruction, do you have a website? Or yeah, we have anandalina.org, A-N-A-N-D-A-L-I-I-N-A.org, and then you can see our whole calendar of events there, the things which you can uh, participate in. So as part of your um, meditation and yoga, being vegetarian, or oh is that... Yeah, it's, a very, it's an important part, actually. Um, and in fact, um, I can date my... Um, my um, time as a vegetarian t- to exactly a moment because uh, in 1970, in November, then I became, a, I started to practice the meditation. So then I realized that if I'm practicing the meditation, I really want to be serious about the practice, I should become a vegetarian also. And before that, I had tried it and it, it wasn't really strict. But as soon as I, I learned meditation, then I, I made up my mind now I have to be strict vegetarian mm-hmm. might i ask uh was it a physical thing too uh did you ever in other words try to pack practice meditation after consuming flesh and so forth and experience any feeling that um led you well the thing is um th- there are more about food also and i've had from time to t- i never had after i learned uh, meditation i didn't try to eat meat but but sometimes um due to um, inadvertent things i've been given foods which are not suited which we'll talk about, which are not suited to um, meditation. And I, m- I can tell immediately, and I've had those reactions. Where, so if I eat something um, which is not conducive, I can feel it. And that I, I want to tell you this is the reason why uh, I follow it. It's not because like, it, like if it's, it's a rule and I have to follow it, because I want to be in a certain state of mind, and I don't want to go out of that state of mind. So, so I'm very strict on what I eat. So how often do you meditate? And I meditate four times a day, although we, we teach f- um, for our practitioners, you know, the people who I teach meditation to, my, my target is to g- um, inspire them to meditate two times a day. But f- teachers um, who are full-time, then we're, we're supposed to meditate four times a day. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, in what way is this devotional? Are you a devotee of any... Uh, Spirit or uh, well, I mean, I have a guru. You know, his name is Anandamurti, Sri Sri Anandamurti. He lived in India from 1921, 1990. You know, so I'm, a, you can say, a follower. You know, inspired by him. He's the guru. So, uh, but this practice is is actually called tantra. You know, it's uh, one of the original practices of India, and the idea is that that individuals have their own consciousness, and that consciousness can be united with the supreme consciousness and they get and when that happens then this fulfillment of the human life would that be krishna um no we don't we don't give it the name krishna mm-hmm. but we we in our practice our we recognize that krishna as a person who lived in india actually there was a person who lived 3500 years ago and he was a very great teacher and do you also, uh, like, is Buddha any part of your Buddha practice? Buddha is a very, I, you know, if you ask me, um, let's say the five greatest people, who, the handful of the greatest people who ever lived on the planet, I would put him there. So yeah. 
So he's a very um, great um, teacher, we, and, and ev everyone can learn a lot from him. Right. So, um, so what are some of the foods that, besides being vegetarian, what are some okay, foods? That okay. You so avoid? here's we we have a we're tweaking the vegetarian diet because people have heard about, okay, I won't eat meat or like that. But there's some other things which yogis have found over the, you know, th millennia, thousands of years. They found that there are certain foods which are. Um, they may be good for the body, but they're not so good for the mind. Mm -hmm. So the yogis um, traditionally ha have they've not eaten meat, fish, and eggs. Also, egg eggs are not eaten. And then they've identified other substances which also are not helpful to meditation. And, and they, these are called, um, uh, we can say is that they divided the food into categories. Mm -hmm. you know, there are three categories. So there's one category of food which is called sentient food or sattvic in Sanskrit. And this is the food which is, is good for the body and the mind. And then there's a food which is sort of in between, which is called um, mutative or rajasic in, um, in Sanskrit. And this is food which um, it, it may or may not be good for the body or mind. You know, it's, it's sort of in between, and you, you can take it with a little bit um, mm -hmm. you know, in moderation. And then there's, there are foods which are, um, they may be good for the body, but they're always harmful to the mind. Mm -hmm. So the, in the lowest category, the foods which we avoid are the meat, fish, and eggs. And then there's um, onions, mushroom, and garlic. In what way would this be harmful to the okay, mind? Meditatively? Yeah, medi meditatively, um, meditatively, for sure. And also, it's a question of, um, you know, the idea of yoga, this is one of the main ideas of yoga, is that we should gain control over ourselves, mm -hmm. self-control. Mm -hmm. Because um, in, the, like the, in the Vedic times, they used to study the body, and they said, oh, they came. The body is like a chariot, and the chariot. What is it? Is it has horses? So what are the horses? They said the senses. Our senses are the horses, and then there are reins. So this is the mind, and then there's the um, the person who's driving. He's the controller. So if the reins of the mind are not strong, the horses can go out of control. The senses can go out of control. So like people say, oh, I like that. That food is great, and they want to eat it. So the senses are doing. The horses are going. The mind. The doctor already told them that. It's not good to eat it, mm -hmm. but, but the horse is out of control. He eats it, he drinks right, it, he right. smokes it. So, so the idea of yoga is to get control of these horses. So, one of the, so the proper foods also controls the chakras and the, and the glands of the body, and they get, let you get control over the, the sense of taste and eating and um, all of these things. So what are some, um, some foods that are in the middle category? That um, yeah, the middle category, which is okay for like, normal people, but for teachers, we also don't take right. it. The middle category is, um, is mutative. So mutative means action. So like caffeine, mm -hmm. coffee, tea, right. chocolate, um, carbonated beverages, these kind of things are a middle. So in moderation, they're okay, but, but um, too much, then they can also be detrimental. Right. And what you mentioned before that I, or I don't know, one of you mentioned that sometimes, you know, by accident, I might take a food and it has something yeah, and I can feel it, you know, right. and it, it affects the meditation and it affects my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you primarily drink water then? Oh, we can drink. You can drink juice, or you can drink. Um, uh, well, if if people who drink milk, they can drink milk, and they can drink um, soy milk. There's um, almond milk. There's endless variety of um, beverages, but we don't drink alcohol and and coffee and tea. But you can take herbal be beverages. But what I said about these um, coffee and tea and uh, 
uh, chocolate or something. People um, can take them in moderation. And it also varies according to climate. In cold climates, these foods are not so harmful. But mm -hmm. and in and in um, warm climates, the, the the foods which are um, in this two lowest categories, they're more harmful. Would that also be just during the summer months, or does it depend on uh, well, like that? Well, yeah, we c we it would depend on temperature also. But w anyway, I don't follow. I just follow. I don't you just don't. I only stay in this uh, upper category. Right. The, um, the this um, sentient or sattvic food. Right. So where does your food come from? Oh, so, well, food, I mean, that's up to you where you go. I, right now I have a garden. I'm getting a lot of my food from my garden. I'm, my zucchinis are coming up and tomatoes and Swiss chard, you know, but, but then you can, you can buy it wherever you want. You know, I mean, this is a, you can go in the supermarket, you can go to the co-op, you can go to the farmer's market. It's up, it's up to you, you know, what your budget is and what right. your choice is. You raise a lot on your own now? I do s some in the summer, in the summertime I do. Do you cook together? Do you eat um, communally? Well, right now, you know, like where I'm staying, um, I'm the sort of the sole, um, the resident monk there. So, so I, I pre I'm preparing for myself. But when we have any kind of collective functions, um, or I go to other communities where th there are more people living together there, then uh, of course we cook collectively. Mm -hmm. So um, I was admiring your your dress earlier. Um, your I, I what would you call, because you kind of have a turban? Yeah, it's a uniform. It's uh -huh. kind of, um, it's the dress of the, of the monk of this order of, of you know, Ananda Marga. Uh -huh. um, so we wear, um, there's an orange, um, kind of like a skirt, so lungi, you know, Indian lungi. Right, right. And then there's a gown, orange gown, and there's a sash, you know, cross orange, and then there's a turban. So, so this is, um, it's, it's similar to many of the, um, what monks and monastic people in India right. have worn, and the orange actually has a significant, you know, there's a, um, there's a meaning to it, and it means um, service to humanity, sac okay. sacrifice. Those people who have sacrificed or, or given their life for the service of humanity, that that's what the orange symbolizes. Interesting. So, do other people who aren't monks wear similar? They wear everything. They yeah. wear whatever. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can practice meditation. You don't have to wear sure. a uniform. Sure. But anybody can practice and right. you don't have to you, should, you don't have to wear orange okay just a few people wear it right all right i know that in india turmeric for example is used as a dye in textiles would the orange color of your garb come from something like that uh, do you know? i don't know because this is um this that the fabric which i have now is a synthetic fabric mm -hmm. so i don't i don't know i don't if there's a spice called saffron of course mm -hmm. you know, right yeah but i i don't know if um if in, even in India they make you know, large quantities with, with things like that. I, right. don't, I don't know about that. Right. When I, we spent, when I lived in Maryland, we would go to a Tibetan um, Buddhist uh, temple often, and they would wear saffron-colored and turmeric-colored, but they weren't actually made with turmeric. But that was their colors for the people there. And it was symbolic as well, so that's one of the reasons why I asked. Um, so you said that you've been to a lot of other countries. Are you, f you're from? I'm I'm from America. America, yeah. right? Um, have and did you study in India before? Yeah, you I, I did. I did okay. study. I studied in um, first in Sweden. We have a training center there, and then I went to India. Mm -hmm. I, I go to India frequently. So, mm -hmm. so you go back? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I um, have practiced more asana um, part of yoga for years, and um, the 
my, my teachers were Iyengar yoga, and there's, you know, lots of different other kinds of yoga. Is there an, another name for, or is it? Uh, well, our yoga is, um, we call it Ananda Marga yoga, but it, it incorporates um, um, what we can call Ashtanga yoga, means eightfold. But, but some people like Ayanga or some other people have tried to brand this and say that their yoga is Ashtanga. But Ashtanga simply means that there are eight parts of yoga, okay. and we do all of those eight parts of yoga. We teach the um, yama, niyama, which is morality, and then comes asanas, and then um, comes um, pranayama, which is control of the breath, right. and pratyahara, control of the senses, and then dharana, which means concentration, and dhyan, which means meditation. So that's eight parts. So, so we practice eightfold yoga too. Okay. So I understand that you have uh, education in the background and uh, degrees held, and uh, you've traveled quite a bit and so forth. Uh, Dadavedi, you might have been a manager of a grocery store or a car salesman or a politician or uh, something like that. Why did you choose this lifestyle? Um, that's a good question. I wouldn't have been a car salesman. I, <laughs> I can tell you I would have been a journalist. That's my inclination. Okay. Okay, I'm a writer. But um, I chose it because, um, you know, I mean, people don't see that, but I, I'm 65 now. So when I was 22 or 23, it was the time of the turmoil of, the, um, of this country in 68 and all, when I graduated college, 68. And we had the war in Vietnam and, and, and there was a lot of kind of um, change in the air. So I, I became interested in that and also um, not quite satisfied with the way things were going. So then... Um, and there was a kind of a wave, you know, of, of in, in the culture. Like Allen Ginsberg was going around on college campuses chanting mantras, and then the Beatles started and uh, all, all the others. So I, I got inspired at, at that time that to um, explore um, meditation and, and um, Eastern traditions and philosophy, and, and it inspired me. And then also, um, but there was another part, which also um, the reason why I'm doing this, is because at that time we saw that um, that the society was in a crisis, um, useless wars and and vast inequalities in the world of wealth and and in dysfunctional political systems, and so I, I also was interested to do something to change the world and and when I found um, this form of meditation, which also has a social sphere, social activism attached with it. Then I said, yeah, this is what I want to do. I, want to ch I don't want to just go on. Because and, and, uh, once your consciousness is awakened, you can't just stay um, quiet and say, oh, yeah, I, I didn't read that. I don't know that. <laughs> right. Once you know that this is a problem, then you want to change that problem. So, so that's why I, I couldn't become anything ordinary. Do you have any writings out about your journeys? Uh, yeah, not about my journeys. I haven't done that. I wrote one little book called The Wisdom of Yoga, and which... I'm revising it right now, but I, I don't. I haven't written about my journeys. Uh, some people asked me one time to do it, but I, um, I don't know if it's that interesting. <laughs> I guess I meant journey as in path followed throughout your life from the point that you started. Yeah, sort of yeah. I, I've, I've, um, I've, I've thought about it, and I've even tried to um, write a little bit about it. M maybe sometime I will do that. So I'm interested in the music. How does that come into the mix? Okay, of the music. So, music. Um, well, anyway. Uh, I learned in 1966 I had a friend who was with me I was sharing an apartment with him and then he was playing all the, the tunes of the day and then, um, Bob Dylan, Jean Baez and the pop tunes I said you gotta teach me some songs <laughs> so, so I learned a few songs and then I, I didn't really go f so far with that it was just for fun and then when I joined this uh, Ananda Marga yoga movement and 
then there's a musical component there because we we sing songs before we meditate because bhajans and so forth bhajans uh, yeah bhajan means a spiritual song and and kirtan which is like chanting the name of god you know chanting a spiritual mantra so i started to learn these bhajans and kirtan so i started to practice that so f- so for years i've been uh, i've been doing that and then what happened was um around 2002 I was in one of, the, um, one of my stops in my life is in Albania. And in Albania, I was running a kindergarten there. I had a kindergarten there. And um, so two things conspired to get me to go deeper into the music. One was that they used to have um, periodic power cuts in Albania. You don't, like in this country, you know, you turn on the light, you expect the light. Right. In, uh, there are many countries in the world, you don't get light, you don't get water, you know. I- I- so Albania is one of them where in the winter time, we so in the winter of t- I think 2002, the lights were not coming on during the day. You know, you can't work a computer. You can't so during that time, I started to um, compose some songs mm-hmm. and, um, like that. And also, I had this idea, well, maybe if I can make some music, I can support my kindergarten. Bad idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, beca- no bad idea because you know independent musicians is not such a no, no, no. You don't make so much. It's no money. Luc- not lucrative. Yes, yeah, yeah, you don't make money. But anyway, I did that. So based on that, then I um, I I had this time on my hands, so I wrote some songs, and I, I also thought maybe I can do something with them. So in two thousand and three, I, I had one um, CD came out. My vegetarian song is on there. You know, I don't eat meat. That's my biggest hit. <laughs> <laughs> what are the topics that your songs cover? Uh, the songs cover, um, they cover sometimes ecology, uh, vegetarianism, social songs. I have a song called It's the System, which is talks about um, you know, the, the what is the real problem, not, not just the superficial ones. And then I do... Songs with their bhajans, actually, I call them crossover bhajans <laughs> because bhajan means like a spiritual song. But I'm not doing them in this traditional, soft, spiritual way. I'm doing them in a sort of like a um, American folk, Americana folk kind of way. And so, so I, I've played them in bars, I played them all over <laughs> the place. So I'm doing a spiritual bhajan with the words are about my relationship with the supreme being. Basically, that's what it's about. So it's love. They're love songs, but the love doesn't mean um, just some person here on the earth. It can be something, um, a deeper love. But the songs can be understood on many different levels because I don't want to exclude anybody. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm trying to, to do that kind of music, but I don't know if I'm succeeding to... Because uh, to I'm, I'm not exactly in the yoga kind of music and I'm not also in the mainstream. So whether I can actually... Um, accomplish it and this remains to be seen <laughs> how many songs do you have about food i have two about food two two directly about food and then i have one i have another one that's also it's about has to do with food but then it goes into gun control and uh you know it's a kind of a controversial song also well where, where can people find your songs my songs um can be found so you can find it in a f- number of places, dadaveda.com, D-A-D-A-V-E-D-A.com. And you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Amazon.com. You, you can find me on YouTube. Yes, I did see you on YouTube. I didn't know it was you. In fact, it was so funny. I didn't funny. make the connection. You sent an email to me, and I hadn't mentioned it to Mike yet. And Mike got went on YouTube and found one of your songs. And so he brought in the song the same day 
that I came in and said, we should, we're going to have Tata Veda on. And he's like, Tata Veda, I have a song of his. I it think was, I have him right here. Right. Uh, it's it was, called Synchronicity. It is, it is. I think it was meant to be. So. Well, would you want to do uh, one of those tunes? Yeah. Uh, we'll save the... You say the biggest hit. The biggest hit uh, yeah. going uh, worldwide these days. <laughs> right. We'll save that for last, but right. would you want to grab a guitar and do one? Yeah, I'll grab one. So. And we finish out there with Cantaloupe Island by Herbie Hancock and bring to you Dada Veda singing one of his songs for us. Okay, the name of the song is called A Better Deal and it's about fruit and vegetables and things like that. I've got some bread on my table, salad on my plate. I just drank some juice and I'm feeling really great I don't know why we have to kill for our meal Let's give our furry friends a better deal Watermelon, cantaloupe, cherries and lime I'm eating all these things and I'm feeling really fine I don't know why we have to kill for our meal Let's give our furry friends a better deal Potatoes and carrots, tofu and peas Cook them all together and you'll get what you need I don't know why we have to kill for our meal Let's give our furry friends a better deal Let's give our feathered friends a better deal Let's give our finny friends a better deal Let's give all living beings a better deal, a better deal, a better deal, a better deal. Yeah, I like that one. Thanks. That's lovely. I can't wait to play that for my 
my uh, kids at home. They're going to love that one. Well, that's a different take on the, the environment and animals. How do the animals and the environment come into play with what you're doing? Okay, I guess? yeah, this is um, it's very important. We have um, one of parts of our philosophy is called neo-humanism. So it's like, you know, humanism in the past has been, well, we take care of humans, but, but neo-humanism means it's an ecological humanism or spiritual humanism. And um, so plants and animals are also part of the, the family, just like if you say you're a humanist and you, we should treat, um, you know, all people from all continents and races as brothers and sisters, right? That's the idea of humanism. So the plants and animals are also, in a sense, brothers and sisters. You know, they're part of that living fabric, and we have to... Um, uh, treat them right, and that's why um, the moral idea of, of vegetarianism and certainly of veganism is that that we should choose our food where the consciousness is least developed. So, so many of uh, the meat eaters that I know argue that well, it's only a cow or only a chicken or whatever, or only a fish. But to me, if uh, if uh, I don't know, or you, you take a rock or a stone or a piece of cement. It doesn't have a spirit. It's not alive in the way that an animal is. So I got to think that we're closer to the animals uh, for that reason than we are a rock or a stone. Sure, there's a continuum. And uh, a lot of people, I think, miss that. It's, as you said, the brotherhood of the planet, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, when we go and eat a fish, for example, it's only my opinion, but that to me is sort of a cannibalistic look in a way at... Uh, eating food I just I don't agree with it and that's kind of the way I look at things yeah there's a moral component of, of um, food and at a certain point you have to ask yourself um, um, what is the right thing to do and what should I do something somebody or something uh, I guess uh, another being is, is suffering is why right I want to point right out. yeah they, they have pain and they have um, anguish they have um, you see the idea is that they want to exist just like we want to exist their goal is to survive. Yeah, everybody. So that's called, we say that they have their, um, they have their existential value. You know, their existential value is that, that they want to exist. And we only judge things because of the utility value. If something's useful for us, we say, oh, yeah, it's good. If it, like, you know, a cow is useful, but then if it, it becomes old, then the people say, okay, slaughter it because it lost its um, utility value. But it has existential value. So all these creatures have, have their, they want to survive. So... We humans have to then decide how to, um, to live. You have to take some kind of life. You pull out a radish or, or something, you're taking life. But, but let's take our life without um, causing harm. I think that with the Krishna folks, uh, there was a concept of karma. And the fact that if it was karma-free, uh, we've asked Krishna to remove the, the, uh, the uh, reaction of the whole thing and uh, to minimize this uh, influence impact negatively on other life well uh, yeah that's the way they explain it we don't you know quite explain it in that way but but the idea is that um, that we should we should practice one of the the, the the foundation of yoga the first principle of yoga is called ahimsa which is non, non-injury you know so so we should practice in our food we should practice that also to not to take life it's a, it's a question of how to to do that and and also in your actions and your words and right and other exactly. ways oh, yeah, as well right so thoughts even right right exactly and so meditation helps with all of those things yeah meditation so see I, it works it is like a um a two-way process 
there are certain kind of principles of good behavior, which is called jama niyama or yama niyama. And these are principles, like I mentioned, ahimsa means not to hurt others, and then to satya means to speak things in the spirit of welfare, and asteya means don't steal, and then um, aparigraha means not to take too much, and, and brahmacharya means to um, look on things as an expression of God, every, treat everyone as an expression of something divine. So these are five principles, and then there are five more principles of um, of self-regulation. And the idea is that if you practice those principles, then your meditation will be stronger. Mm-hmm. And if you practice the meditation, then you will be able to practice those principles in your life. So, so they like feed into each they other. They feed into each other. So the idea is here is that we should we should become exemplary people. Mm-hmm. And so the meditation is a tool for that, and and these principles of living is a tool for that. So when you take your food in a good way and you real and you feel I haven't harmed anybody, I, I, it's clean, it's fair, and I didn't steal it either, I didn't hurt the society. So then you, yeah, it becomes in that sense karma free. There's no reaction because you've done everything with a good spirit. And that's the most important thing that, that you can do things with that you, you're thinking of this the welfare of, of the others, whether it be the plants and animals, you're thinking of the welfare of the other people. And when you do actions like that, then you, there's no kind of negativity that will um, catch up with you. And, and, and if you try to cheat, you know, it'll catch up with you. So it would probably even be better to cook a karma-free meal for everyone and share it with other people. Well, sharing. One step better. Well, that's better. That's that's in the, I didn't mention there are five more principles. So one of them is cleanliness, um, purity of mind, and then there's um, contentment. And then um, there's one called seva, service. So if you can give food to others and, and give good, good things to others without expecting something in return, that's even better. So I guess I have to ask, when you meditate, um, where do you go? Where does your <laughs> mind take you? Where does it ultimately end up? Okay. I tried just a little bit focusing yeah. on my breathing, and I noticed that uh, the heart rate slows mm-hmm. down. And you sort of drift off, not like sleep, but things sort of even out with respect to your body functions. And that's all the further I've gone. I'm sure that with all the great yogis in the world that much more has been achieved. And I was just curious, where does your mind and soul go when you okay, do that? Okay, so the idea is that as you think, so you become. So, so we become what we think about. You know, so if you, so like you can, in you, if you close your eyes and start thinking about um, the argument you had with a colleague at work, you'll go there. You know, but we don't want to go there, right? We've already been there. <laughs> What's mm-hmm. the sense to go there? So we have to have an object of meditation, so some goal. There's, it shouldn't be purposeless. So there's a purpose. So that goal is that that supreme consciousness. That the supreme consciousness is. Uh, is the witnessing consciousness. You know, like, here, I'll just explain it simply if I have the time, that, you know, you say, I exist, right? Everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. That's your mind saying that. But you can say something more. You can say, I know I exist. That means there's something beyond the mind. That's beyond the mind is, is the witnessing consciousness. And so that's what we want to, we want to go to that I of I know I exist. That's the goal, that's the target. And if you get there, then you'll get bliss because the nature of your 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 pure eye is, is blissful. The eye, which is like the little eye, you know, it's called Mike and Linda and your and your interactions with all the people, that's 
perturbed by the world and that that can be high it can go low it can you can be assailed by the but that i if i know i exist is unassailable it's pure bliss it's uh, it's it's pure love so that is where the yogi wants to go that is where you want to go to that pure love the pure pu- pure bliss it's called anandam well i guess the saying might be you'll know when you get there <laughs> but how do you know when okay. you get there okay this is a very good question a very good question because I started practicing meditation in eight months. I said, does it work? Does it not work? <laughs> you, know, you, you don't know, really. So he, here's one way to know. Whether, when your radius of love expands, then you know that you're on the path. You're, you're moving there. When, when your radius of love expands more and more, then you're doing something good. Could you further define radius of love? Yeah, it means that, um, that you, radius of love is like many people, let's say, they're very good with their their family, mm-hmm. they can treat their family nice. Yeah, I'm sure all the great dictators of the world they say, oh, someone said, oh yeah, Uncle Mussolini was very good. <laughs> Uncle, you know, they, all the, the nephew said he was great. You Uncle know. Adolf. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that but his radius of love is so confined, and then they could persecute the millions. So when our radius of love uh, is is expanded, then we can't do those harmful things to others, and we and we, have, we want to give more love to them. We want to give service to them. That's why we, the people who we identify as saints, who are they? You know, they're people who their radius of love, they can go to a, a street, they, they're embracing the, you know, the beggars and the street people, the lepers, you know, this story of Saint Francis, right. kiss a leper. So his radius of love has expanded. So that person is onto something. Readily able to turn the other cheek too, as it were. Well, uh, this, yeah. is a, this, is a diff- this is a question. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a controversial question. Ahimsa and like that, whether you should or not, you know, this is, I wouldn't, yeah, I don't want to go into that. It's probably more than what we have time to go into. Well, I'm hooked here. I know, (laughs) I am too. I have all these other questions. Linda. But um, they don't necessarily have to do with vegetarian or veganism. Um, But I do have the radius of love, if we can spend just a couple more minutes on that, because I find it very interesting. Um, I I read Gandhi's autobiography, and he talks about how, um, he doesn't feel like he was a very good father. Like he feels like he gave to the world, kind of, but then um, maybe wasn't quite there for his family. I, th- I think he was a little tough on himself in that, his autobiography. But, um, but I think sometimes, um, not only do you need to expand that radius, but um, you have to make, sh- you know, y- you can often start giving so much outwardly that you you neglect those close to you as well. Yeah. Well, so that's why life is. Um um, life is, is, a, is not easy. Right, right. So we have like two families. We ha- you have your immediate family and you have your universal family. Mm-hmm. So you have to, to take care of both. That's right. why That's why we say, for instance, like I'm a, a monk, so I, I, I don't have the, the immediate family I, and I've adopted the world as my universal family. Right. So my job is actually easier <laughs> than your job <laughs> because you have your individual family and you have also the world family, the universal family. Right. And so you have to take care of both. So mm-hmm. that's what you're right. If, if you would only take care of um, your social campaigner <laughs> and you're, you're campaigning for the rights of people, but then you also don't care, you, you don't take care of uh, the needs of, the, of your children and your nearest and dearest ones, so then it's also not good. You know? Right. So we have to do both. You know, you have to do both. It's, so it's a daunting tax. Right, right. 
But meditation, you feel like that can, for at least some. It, it will help you. Help That's you. why it will help you. It will help when the radius of love will go. The first people who will experience it will be your your family, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. your your friends, and and they will they will feel your um, uh, that something has changed. So so they will get the first um, benefits of it. Not even you. They will get it more than you. Right. Right. I love that concept. That's great. So um, since we are talking about food here, uh, we have to ask the question, uh, so do you have any favorite cookbooks? Do you have any um, favorite recipes? Well, you know, you in a way, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> 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 no, because cause I'm just satisfied I can take some... I can s- take some brown rice and um, you know, and then steam some broccoli and pour some olive oil over that, eat that, and I'll be happy. But, um, but I, I'm a warned, you know, so um, that you, you you told me that you were going to ask something like <laughs> this. So, so actually, in the last week or so, I've been practicing some something because you know I have I mentioned I have a garden. So in this time of year, you get a lot of tomatoes mm-hmm. and, and zucchini. So what are you going to do with that stuff? You know. Right. So I've been doing. Um, kind of a Indian stir fry with I put in, in the tomatoes like I first I put in a little bit of oil and then I put this hing which is like a um, Indian spice a little bit and then some mustard seed and some cumin seed and some curry powder without garlic <laughs> <laughs> um, do you thick. make your own curry uh, powder well, or I can s- with some um, cumin um, and, and turmeric and coriander powder you can that's enough you okay. know, but, but but you can buy also um, good ones so I I I um, stir I put that in the oil a little bit of oil I don't like to take too much oil, and then I pour in the tomatoes the cut tomatoes and it will start to sizzle mm-hmm. and and then put some salt on it. It's not a low sodium thing. <laughs> the Indian um, food it only um, it tastes tastes good. You have to have a little bit of salt. Yeah, so it sort of frames the spices. Yeah, and then then I put in the um, the other vegetables. You know whether it would be from the garden the zucchini and then I. And I take cauliflower, um, broccoli from the store because it's difficult to grow. I haven't had success to grow broccoli, but so then I put that in. I stir it around, and then I put a little bit of water and I simmer it until the the broccoli becomes soft. And that that's one of um, lately that's one of my favorite um, seasonal kind of things. You know, to stir fry with um, heavy on the tomatoes and like that. What about dal? I know that that's yeah. one of my favorite foods. Uh, I don't, I don't, are you an expert? No, I don't, I don't cook dal. And at, at, at when the Indians are around, you know, like I mix with Indians quite a lot, and I let them cook the dal. I don't know how to cook dal. It's easy. I, I never did it. <laughs> well, so we uh, should we be looking forward to a Dadaveda cookbook anytime soon? No, definitely not. <laughs> I saw that caricature on your website, and I was thinking on the cookbook that would be yeah fashionable yeah no, I don't I don't think you'll get a cookbook from me <laughs> <laughs> but you like to eat that's the good thing yeah as long as it's um, within the parameters, parameters of my diet then I'm, then I'm gonna I'll be happy with it well I think we'll go back to uh, recording of Herbie Hancock while we set up here uh, momentarily we will be back with another song to round out the program and uh, move us on towards the Jewish program which happens at the top of the hour we'll be back in a moment with I don't eat meat
Okay, we're back live here at Food for Thought on 90.1 FM WEFT Champagne, And we have a special treat today. Of course, Dada Veda is here and uh, performing and singing. But I thought I'd bring in my banjo and try to accompany him. Uh, sometimes I'm known as Moonshine Mike. So <laughs> today we'll be uh, meat-free Moonshine Mike for the purposes of the program. So, without further delay, let's get set up here and we'll get started. One, two, three. Animals are my friends and I treat them nice. I spare their lives eating veggies and rice. That's why I don't eat meat. I don't eat flesh, I'm trying to do my very best. My body is strong and my mind is clear. Tell everybody far and near that I don't eat meat, I don't eat flesh, I'm trying to Tell everybody in the East and the West That I don't eat meat, I don't eat flesh Mike! I like that tune. As I told you off uh, microphone earlier, it sticks with my consciousness throughout the week. I uh, just hear it on and off and uh, start singing it. And I sang the, or at least uh, told you the verse that I came up with, but I won't give it to the audience at this point. <laughs> but anyway, it's a great tune. It's Thank you. Uh, you mentioned on the, uh, the website George Bernard Shaw and a few other yeah, people. Yeah, well, the reason why uh, I mentioned him is he, he said... Animals are my friends, and I don't eat my friends. So that's why I, I have to give him a little bit of credit. <laughs> so take us through the structure of the song. You move from that to the oh, next yeah. verse, so, which okay, has to yeah, do with... There, I give four reasons for being a vegetarian. So the first verse is, one, 
maybe based on ahimsa, animals are my friends. I don't eat my, you know, so I treat them right by, um, by eating veggies and rice. I spare their lives. Second uh, verse is, um, my body and mind uh, are, are clear. My body is strong and my mind is clear. So tell everybody far and near that I don't eat meat, I don't eat flesh. So but you're telling them to tell everybody to maybe uh, well, uh, give uh, them a good report and influence them as well? Well, I mean, that's the, rejoice? The, the, idea, this, the idea is I'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling people that it helps my body and helps my mind, and that's why I'm doing it, okay? And then the third one, I said, I'm not too thin, I'm not too fat. <laughs> it, that if you really follow, um, you know, proper vegetarian diet with, you know, the other things, you can you know, have a nice thin um, body, you know, a, a good, not too thin, you know, you, you won't be emaciated, but you'll be the right size. <laughs> and then, um, so that's the, the third. And then the last one is the social aspect. Um, our mother planet is very small. In the 70s, there was a book called Diet for a Small Planet. It was mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. So the idea is that um, let's use everything for the good of all. So the resources of the planet, we have to, to see how we're going to use it. You know, you know um, that if, if you if there's heavy meat eating, there's a use of water and energy, you know, which is not there when you have a plant-based diet. So, so let's use the things of the world for the good of all, uh, and then so we can live on this small planet nicely. That's why I don't eat meat. I don't eat flesh. I'm trying to do my very best. So it's an effort, you know. No one's perfect in this effort, but we have to, we have to aim to do our best. Well, it's a succinct philosophy and a little bit of a words of wisdom to help one uh, grow by to help guide yourself so to speak and remember why you're doing the things that you do right there's a reason for it do you have sing-alongs at Anandalina oh, or yeah. musical I, events yeah we do we have um, we have a spiritual song circle and then tonight is our um, our I'm gonna have to rush out soon we have our um, collective meditation on Sunday so people are singing and whenever I give a concert some I always have the audience singing singing along you know it's, it's very so singing is very important we do our kirtan so we have people chanting yeah so is it open to yeah um, it's open we have um on we have th i'll tell you also speaking about that next sun next um saturday um i'm holding an introductory seminar there um, um from two to five you know at anandalina you can go on the website anandalina.org you'll see that so that's open and then on tuesday night i have a introduction to um to meditation class at 7.30. And then every Sunday we have our collective meditation and if people come a little early, they can, then we explain what it is and they can also join with that. So that's at five o'clock every Sunday. Um, and then we have chanting and, and sing along. Yeah, there's a lot of singing. So do you help people meditate? Do you give instruction, yeah, we not give just turn I give them loose? I, I give <laughs> instruction. I give, um, I give personal instruction. You get a personal mantra actually. Um, so. But I give on the Tuesdays. I give general instruction, and so yeah, it's not just like, not the blind leading the blind. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a there's a goal. There's a method. You know, there's a, there's a system. It's not just a practice. Is yeah. the, does the meditation take a certain amount of time, or is it? Yes, just it takes time. Uh, so I'm asking people um, to give it two times a day, um, twenty to thirty minutes. Okay. That's, yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah, you can start with 10 or 15, but I, I want people to work up to, you know, to a half, you can sit for a half hour, but you really, it needs, it needs some time, you know, because the mind is, is going up and down, you know, and so to, you just can't, in one minute, you expect it to settle down. No, no, right. no, you have to really work to get the body, I would imagine, to yeah. a certain level. 
Yeah, the body too. That's why we do. Um, we teach yoga asanas, and that's why that's why the diet is there also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If uh, folks wanted to see a live performance of the song we did without my participation, <laughs> where would one go? I then know that there's one out there. It's on YouTube. Just go Dada I don't eat meat. In YouTube, you're going to find it. It's, uh, yeah, you, you definitely find it. I, I was looking for recordings for the show. Oh, the, oh, the recording. Oh, the recording. Well, I was looking for recordings, and I just downloaded the YouTube onto a yeah, I know. machine to play it. Yeah. Because That's they're hard to come by. Yeah, you, YouTube. I, so anyway, YouTube, you can just search me on YouTube. You're going to find it. But if you if you want the um, the recordings, then you can get me on .ovada.com. You can, you, can get, you can buy a recording, or you can... Um, or then you go to iTunes if you want the, uh, the download or... There's a thing a site called innersong.com. One of my friends might be listening that they own that site. So yeah, there's also download on there. I uh, actually did a search for vegetarian music and you came up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, there's a method behind, you know, I, 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 I put vegetarian song in the title there. so Get more hits that way yeah, and yeah. so forth. Well, you mentioned you have uh, recordings out. Uh, do you want to let our listeners know uh, how they're packaged? Are they in yeah. albums? Oh. Form? oh, yeah, I have them. Oh, I don't have it out in there. Yeah, they're, uh, they're in album form. I have three albums. One is uh-huh. on called Brighter Than the Sun, and that, that has I Don't Eat Meat. That's, um, and, and then the, the second um, album is called Love is the Best, and that has A Better Deal, which we played. And then my latest one is called um, As the World Spins Around, um, and it has that song um, I'd really like to know, which it deals with um, hunting and, and gun ownership and, and uh, you know, some controversial issues and you know, ahimsa also. So so that's, yeah, As the World Spins Around, and all at, all of those are available on my website, com. And the lyrics. Oh, the lyrics on my website. All the lyrics to my songs, are, all, the, all the lyrics to my songs are on the website. So you can, um, com. then you, you on the left-hand corner, there's a thing that says lyrics. You click that thing, and then you get, I, not only lyrics, there are chords there. Chord too. progressions. Chords are there. You can start to play. Maybe we need a database to play along someday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but we'd I, love to have you yeah. back again sometime. Oh, I'm happy to come. Sure. It's been a great experience to yes. talk with you and have you on the show. And yeah. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. I did. I enjoyed your questions. I thought they were very um, to the point and what, what I really wanted to say in any case. So. Oh, good. Well, good. And again, you can go to our blogspot, fftradio.blogspot.com, and we will have links to um, all the different places we talked about today. So you can check out Dada Veda for yourself. And we're coming up on the top of the hour. I just wanted to uh, let you know that, unfortunately, our friends at the Krishna Center are not continuing the Krishna dinners uh, for this semester or this year. It's a great loss to the community, but I understand uh, where they're coming from and so forth. So hopefully in the near future, they will resume those dinners. We have a special guest coming in next week again, Linda, another guest. Next week, do we? Really? Yeah. I've been, uh, oh, yes, we do. Mel Vine. Yes, we do have one. I was thinking we had a week in between. Yes, it'll be great to have Mel back again from the Decatur Vegetarian Society. So, And he's going to talk about some of his uh, favorite, uh, uh, not blogs, but uh, podcasts. That's the word I'm looking right. for. Uh, podcasts are broadcast, in essence, that one can experience on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are several out there that uh, there's do a lot of really good ones. Do a lot of what we do, and in fact, we've incorporated some in our uh, format from time to time. Mm-hmm. So it should be an exciting show. Mel's a great guy, 
he's a vegan and he's actually starting his own business too yes what is that exactly can you tell us or do you want to wait until next week i'll leave it as a surprise but it has to do with i think vegan ice cream Mm. Mm. <laughs> is ice cream okay? Ice ice cream's good. All right, no <laughs> onions in it, no garlic in it, nah. no mushrooms. Nope, nope. Just uh, vegan ice cream with no dairy products either, obviously. Right, because it's vegan. So I'll let you fill. Hopefully, I'll let he'll him bring samples. Dada Veda brought us some bread today. I can't wait to try some of Thank that. Thank you. Yes, Thanks. that will be a good treat to have after and the show. And if you want to come on the show, all you have to do is bring us vegan food. And no, that's not. We will let. People come on. What the do show you mean? You're ruining it. I know. <laughs> Please feed us now. <laughs> so um, again, we've had a wonderful show with Food for Thought, and thanks for listening to WFT. Dada Veda from Anandalina has been here. Yep, and the views expressed by us are strictly those of all of us. Of and us. Only. Just us. Us three. Right. Exactly. And left ninety point one FM does not take an editorial stance. So eat your veggies and stay tuned for the Jewish programming here on WEFT. Have a great week, folks. This is a song about vegetables. They keep you regular. They're real good for you. Some people don't go for prunes. I don't know. I've always found that if they... Vegetable will respond to you. Ruta Bay, Ruta Bay, Ruta Bay, Ruta Bay, Ruta Bay. A prune isn't really a vegetable. Uh-huh. Cabbage is a vegetable. No one will know if you don't want to let them know. No one will know unless it's you that might tell them so. Call and they'll come to you covered with a dew. Vegetables dream of responding to you. Standing there shiny and proud by your side. Holding your hand while the neighbors decide Why is a vegetable something to hide? W.E.F.T. Champagne.